Welcome to today's message by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church. Liberty Baptist Church is located in Rock Falls at 2002 9th Avenue, just across from the Dillon Grade School. Pastor Tommy would like to invite you to be a part of their Sunday services. The Sunday school hour is at 10 a.m., followed by their morning worship at 11 a.m., or their evening service at 6 p.m. They would also love to have you be a part of their midweek services on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We hope you will get a blessing this morning as Pastor Tommy brings you a message from the Word of God. Good morning. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm Pastor Tommy McMurtry of the Liberty Baptist Church. And I would just like to start things off this morning. I'd like to thank the Lord that we have made it through January without any major snow. I don't ever remember a January like that, but I certainly am thankful for that. And I am thankful for the uh, warmer temperatures for this time of year. And I just felt that I should do that because normally I complain quite a bit during the winter time when it gets cold and during the snow. And seeing that we are not having a typical winter, I think I need to go ahead and be thankful. And so I appreciate you listening this morning. We hope to be a help and an encouragement to you today. And one of these days, we'd love to have you come and visit us at Liberty Baptist Church. And we would love to have you be a part of our church. I always encourage you to ask us any questions that you might have. You can email them to us at libertybc2011 at att.net. We'd love to try to answer any questions. It's your way you could affect the subject matter of this show. And so uh, we, we just want to be a blessing today. And I always like being a blessing and by telling a few jokes. And, of course, I, I wonder how many out there, you're already sick of all the political stuff. You're sick of the debates. You're sick of hearing about the election. I mean, it is January, and we are going to be hearing nothing but election, election, election until November. And I don't know about you, but I'm already sick of it. And, of course, this Tuesday, I believe, is the big Iowa caucuses. And so we'll be hearing a lot about this stuff. But I figured these jokes were appropriate for uh, what is going on in the world today and with this being an election year. And so these are political jokes. And so the first one is, what is the difference between baseball and politics? And the answer to that is, in baseball... You're out if you're caught stealing. Oh, so much truth in that. Uh, here's, here's a good one. A stretched limo full of politicians was taking a back route down a two-lane country road late at night. The limo ran into a bad storm and slid off the wet pavement at high speed. It flipped over a few times and finally crashed into a, tra- it crashed into a tractor in the middle of a field. The owner of the farm heard the noise and went out to see what happened. After checking out the scene, he used his tractor to bury the passengers. The next afternoon, the county deputy was passing and saw the wrecked limo, which had been reported as missing. He asked the farmer what happened, and the farmer let him know he'd buried all the politicians. The deputy asked, were you certain they were all dead? Well, said the farmer, a few of them claim they weren't, but you know you can't believe a word they say. Oh, anyway, I, I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny, but here's a good one here. A thief stuck a pistol in a man's ribs and said, Give me your money. The gentleman, shocked by the sudden attack, said, You cannot do this. I'm a United States congressman. The thief then said, In that case, give me my money. Well, anyway, I, I thought they were funny. I hope you appreciated those. So, 
this morning, what I would like to do, I'd like to share a few scriptures with you that I hope will uh, be a help to you. I'd like to encourage you to do something. We need, as Christians, it's not our job to lift ourselves up, promote ourselves, but we're supposed to be lifting up Christ, lifting up the cross, pointing people to Him. And in John chapter 3, verse 14, Jesus said, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And we know that's referring to His crucifixion. That Jesus, when He died on the cross, it wasn't an accident. It was something that, it was on purpose. He came with the very purpose of dying on the cross for us. And He said it was going to happen. He knew it was going to happen. And notice how He says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. I want us to look at that story that He's referring to. He's referring to a story that we see in Numbers chapter 21. And in verse 4, it says, And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man... When he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. And so, what a neat story we see there about a miracle. We have the Israelites complaining once again. And the Lord was angry with them. And sent fiery serpents to bite them and to kill them. And then we see this miracle. These people, you know, they come to Moses. They're sorry for what they've done. And they ask him, you know, what what can be done so we can survive this? And then God tells them, you got to put that serpent on a pole, make that brazen serpent, and all they have to do is look at it and they'll live. And so, right there is the story that Jesus was referring to in John 3.14. He said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. In John chapter 12, verse 32, Jesus said, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Jesus said, if I'm lifted up, and Jesus was lifted up, he would draw all men unto him. Jesus Christ is the way to salvation. He's the only way to salvation. He was lifted up from the earth, just like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. And so as Christians, we are supposed to lift up the cross of Christ to the world, and because there's some things that they need to see. When Moses lifted that serpent up in the wilderness, there was a reason that God put, told him to put a serpent on there. There's a reason that God wanted them to look on that if they were going to be healed. And the re- same reasons that the people needed to look at that serpent on the pole are the same reasons that we need to look at Jesus Christ. And the same reason we need to point people to the cross of Christ. And the first thing that people need to see when they look at the cross is the same thing that the people needed to see when they looked at that serpent on the pole and they need to see their sin. Okay, note verse 8. He said, make a fiery serpent. Set it upon a pole. 
And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, he shall live. Now, why was it a serpent that they he had to put on there? Well, first of all, it was a serpent that had caused them to die. There were, and there was a reason that there was a serpent. It was because they had sinned. These people had committed a great sin. They had angered the Lord. And that serpent was a reminder of their sin. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 26 says, For such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. We see that Jesus Christ, who was completely holy and without sin, we see that he was made sin for us. And when we see Christ on the cross, we are supposed to see our sin. That was not his sin that he was paying for. He had no sin. Even Pilate said, I can find no fault in this man. We need to see our sin. Second Corinthians 5.21 For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You see, many times people, they try to get people to look at themselves. Or many churches, they try to get people to look at the church members. But when we look at other people, we only see those who are imperfect. When we should be pointing people to the sinless Son of God, we should be pointing people to Jesus Christ. He had no sin. He never did anything. And we are supposed to point out the fact that people are sinners. And I know it's not popular to preach against sin today. I know it's not popular to name sin and to get specific. But listen, if we're not willing to call this stuff out, how are people supposed to realize that they're sinners? Okay, it's, it's, it's one thing to just say you're a sinner, but you gotta tell people, hey, what sin did you commit? You know, if you get charged with a crime, they don't come to you and say, we're taking you to jail because you're a lawbreaker. They tell you which law you broke. And I know people don't like to hear it, but people need to see their sin. And one of the ways that we remind them of their sins is we got to talk about the penalty of sin. And Jesus was paying it. He was there when he, he was there paying the sin when he died on the cross. And you, you would think that convincing people they're sinners would be easy, but the fact is, it's it's hard for many people. And there's a reason for that. The Bible says it's because they're lost. Second Corinthians four three says, "But if our gospel be hid, it is him to, hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts." to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Okay, so you would think it would be easy for people to see that they're sinners, but people are struggling with this. Why? Because they've been blinded. They're blinded by sin. They're not willing to open their eyes and look at the Savior and look at what Jesus did for them on the cross. There's a reason he was on that cross. It was because of your sin. And you know what? Back in Moses' day, those people had sinned a great sin. And it was like God wanted them to look at what they had done. And that serpent, it was a reminder of their sin. And when we look at Christ, when we see him on the cross, 
we are to be reminded of our sin, the fact that we are sinners. And for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we are to be reminded that there is a penalty for sin. There's consequences for sin. Thankfully, Jesus paid our consequences for us. He paid the penalty of our sin. We live in a world today where people don't want consequences for anything. I mean, we live in a world today where you know nobody's allowed to give their student an F when they didn't study, when they didn't do their homework. There's a, con- there's a consequence. There's supposed to be for not getting your work done. There's supposed to be a consequence for not studying, for missing class, not paying attention. People get mad if they have to pay a penalty if they don't pay their bills on time. But there's a consequence for not fulfilling your obligation. There's a consequence for not doing the things that you're supposed to do. And people don't like it. They try to run from it. And you might be able to get away with some of the earthly consequences. But let me tell you, that penalty of sin, it has to be paid for. And for those who believe it was paid for by Jesus Christ, but for those who do not believe, well, they get to pay for it for eternity in hell. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Revelation 20.15 says, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. There is a penalty for sin. And that serpent on the pole, it was a reminder of the penalty. God sent a fiery serpent as payment for what they had done, as payment for their sin. They were suffering at, because of those serpents, and those serpents were there because of their sin. And when we look at Jesus Christ and the cross, we need to be reminded there's a penalty for our sins. There is a consequence and many try to make excuses for sin. They try to make it not look so bad. But God, when he sees sin, he saw it as so bad that he sent his own son to die. And thank God he did that. That he loved us enough that he gave his only begotten son. But listen, it's clear what God thinks about sin when we see what Jesus had to go through on the cross. It is a severe penalty And that serpent, that was a reminder. These people need to be reminded of the penalty of sin. But then also, the other thing we're supposed to see when we look at the cross is we're supposed to see the only Savior. There were two other people crucified that day. However, we don't look to them. Those two people that were crucified, uh, they were both dying justly. One of them mentioned that. They were there because they deserved to be there. They were there as sinners. And thankfully, one of them realized that and got saved, but the other one didn't. What did he do? He he said, hey, if you're really God, if you're really the Son of God, get yourself and us off this cross. You know what? He wanted out of the penalty. He wanted out of the consequences of his sin. He wasn't willing to just take it. He wasn't or wasn't willing to just ask Jesus for forgiveness like the other one was, and that one died, and he went to hell. But Jesus Christ, He is the only Savior. He was there without sin. He was the only one that was innocent. He's the only one that has ever lived a sinless life. He is the only one that has ever died for our sins. He is the only God. He is the only door. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ is the only Savior. Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. And well, what about people from other religions? Hey, he's their savior too, and they need to accept him. Okay, he's the only savior. Jude one twenty five to the only wise God, our savior, 
be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. And that's talking about Jesus Christ. He is the only Savior, the only way to heaven. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We cannot believe the lie that we all believe in the same God and that some have different ways of getting to him. Jesus made it clear there is only one way to God, and that is through Jesus Christ. Why? Because we can't get to God. We are, to get to God, we have to be holy. Okay? No, sin cannot be in the presence of God. So what do we mean when we say we're going through Jesus Christ? Well, we're going through His righteousness. We're going through His payment. He is our advocate. He is our mediator, the Bible calls Him. He's it. He's the only one that's done that. We can't get to Him, to God, ourselves. We can't get to Him through religion. There's no way to do that. You cannot bypass Jesus Christ. And even if it were true that all the religions are serving the same God, and that's not true, but even if it were true, it still wouldn't work because no one can come to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And we've got to understand that. And notice when Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness, that was their only hope. They had to look at that serpent on the pole. That was the only way they were going to be healed. He didn't give them options. Okay, well, I guess he gave them an option. Look and live or don't look and die. If you want to call that an option, go right ahead. But listen, there's only one, there's only two options for us. Get to heaven through Jesus Christ or die and go to hell. That is truth. And we've got to understand that Jesus Christ is the only Savior. And and that serpent, it represented Jesus Christ. And people think, you know, how could that represent Jesus Christ? I mean, how would a serpent represent Jesus Christ? I mean, wasn't Satan, wasn't he the one that came as a serpent in the Garden of Eden? So why would a serpent represent Jesus Christ? And listen, that's a wonderful question. I am glad you asked me that. And this is the key thing to understand. Because, you know, that serpent, I do believe it represents sin okay and understand that when we look at jesus christ on the cross we are not necessarily supposed to see a holy man there a holy god when he was on the cross the bible says he who knew no sin became sin for us we see in the bible that when jesus was on the cross that there was darkness over the face of the earth god turned his back on his own son because God could not even look at his own son when he had taken our sin upon himself. That's how bad our sin is. That's how disgusting our sin is. And when we see Jesus Christ on the cross, we are supposed to be seeing our sin. And that's why it uses a serpent there. Because that serpent is a great picture of sin. And Jesus Christ on the cross, that is a picture of our sin. Our sin did that. Your sin did that. And so to me, it would be completely appropriate to use one of the most vile creatures on earth, I believe, and that is a snake, a serpent. Your sin is something I know you might not think is a big deal. You take it lightly. You might think a lot of things you do aren't sin. But let me tell you, sin is sin and God hates sin. 
and Jesus Christ had to die a horrible death because of your sin. And I think it's very appropriate that a serpent would represent that. So we need to understand when we look at Jesus Christ and the cross, we should see our sin. We should be reminded of the penalty of sin. We need to, uh, we, we should see the only Savior when we look at it. And then finally, what we need to see when we look at that is our substitute. Okay? He was there in our place. Okay? And the work of salvation, it was completed with Christ's death on the cross. He said it is finished right before he died. In Ephesians 1 7, it says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. He took our place. And thank God for that. What a wonderful gift that was. And now our works are unnecessary in trying to obtain salvation. Titus chapter 3 verse 5 says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. I hope you do good works, but I hope you're not foolish enough to think that your good works have done one thing to save your sorry soul. I hope you're not foolish enough to think that you're good enough to get to heaven. When you see with a penalty that Jesus Christ had to pay, it ought to help you see just how bad your sins are. And if you think you can make up for your sins by just going to church every once in a while, reading your Bible, or putting some money in an offering plate, let me tell you, you have not seen, looked at Christ like you should. You are not seeing what you're supposed to see. Okay, And Jesus, He was our substitute on that cross. And He was the only one that could pay for sins. He was it. He was able to do that because Jesus was God. Jesus was God, the man, and thank God that he did that for us. There is no other way to heaven. Jesus Christ was our substitute. He was there in your place. And don't fool yourself into thinking you can work your way to heaven. If you're trying, you're going to fall short. Okay, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You will not make it. And so then lastly, not only do we see our substitute, but this is an amazing thing too. We see Jesus Christ as a servant in the Bible. Matthew twenty twenty seven twenty eight says, And whosoever be chief among you, let him be your servant. For even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. That that's amazing that God would come. The Bible says he took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. God did that for a group of people that are just nothing but sinners. And we need to see that. And as believers, we need to lift up the cross. Point people to Jesus Christ. Don't just point them to you. You've got too many faults. You've got too many problems. Don't just point them to your church. Your church has too many faults and too many problems. Point them to the one thing that is perfect. Point them to the one person that can actually save them from their sins. Point them to the one who actually died for them, who gave his life for them. And that man was Jesus Christ. No other way to heaven. Let us lift up the cross today. Let us lift up the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to the message this morning by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church in Rock Hall. We hope you were blessed and invite you to tune in next Sunday at 9.30 a.m. as Pastor Tommy brings you more truths from God's Holy Word.
For more information about Liberty Baptist Church, visit their website at experience-liberty.com or you can email them at libertybc2011 at att.net.